Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to go from startup to scale up and beyond. How to significantly grow your business, create freedom, build wealth, and live life on your terms. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction on your journey. And now, introducing your host, entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi, everyone. It's Nick here, and welcome to another episode of Scale Up Your Business. So before I get into today's topic, just a big thank you for all the um, support and questions and comments that I've received over the last week, particularly on the last episode that I did, which was the advice I would have given to my 21-year-old self, a a relatively cathartic uh, interview with myself in some respects because uh, I had to sort of think back a long, long time. And I'm really, really pleased that some of those reflections and some of those insights have been useful to you. So please, if you've got any questions about that, or actually if you've got any suggestions for future episodes, because that one came from the community, then please get in touch with me at Nick C. Bradley. Uh, You can get in touch with me also on LinkedIn and on my Facebook page. So today we're going to get into products, product development, product creation. We've covered lots of different topics on Scale Up Your Business And I focused a lot in the very beginning about um, mindset and what you need to be thinking about as an entrepreneur. We've talked quite a lot about marketing. We've talked quite a lot about influence and selling. But of course, product aligned to an episode I did previously on value proposition is, is absolutely crucial because, again, if you haven't got a clear problem to be solved or you're, you're identified a clear problem to be solved for the niche, for the audience that uh, your business is focused on. And then, of course, you know all the marketing in the world and all the selling in the world isn't going to do anything because it's not going to be sustainable. So I want to touch on a few different concepts today and not so much into a theoretical explanation of products. I mean, I am going to give you a process today of how to think about products. But I want to firstly sort of start with what I call the product ecosystem, and what a lot of people, when they're going through startup, um, they, they tend to focus on one, one product. And that's particularly true in technology businesses where the vision, the ambition is around selling a platform. Software as a service, SaaS, is, is quite a common play. And there's been a lot of popularity, particularly the last five, 10 years around that because of the onset of digital and I've personally worked with lots of technology businesses, both in the UK and the US. And as much as that is a fantastic model for generating vast sums of money, particularly when you exit, uh, there is a bit of a pushback now in terms of the number of uh, those type of organizations out there. So the reason I bring that up is a product ecosystem, to, to sort of draw back to my original point, is the ability to be able to provide a number of different pathways for your audience to engage with you and obviously eventually buy from you. And some of the things I go through today may not be that obvious, but regardless of what type of organization you have, what type of business you're trying to create, and and to some extent, regardless of where you are on that journey, having a very well thought out product ecosystem is going to help you. So what is it? So firstly, sometimes these things are called product staircases or or ladders. 
And it's essentially about thinking about the entry points and to some extent the exit points or the or the lifetime value that you want to take your ideal prospect through. So just to break that down, because it does, again, sounds probably too theoretical considering I said I wasn't going to get too theoretical, but your if you've got a product, let's say, which is quite expensive, it's not easy to access, then it takes a long time invariably to sometimes get people along the sales cycle. So let's say, for example, you've got a software solution and it's you know five, six figures or more, then that's a reasonably involved purchase. So to turn up there and try and get someone to buy it from the outset can be quite challenging, particularly if it's not that differentiated versus other offerings. And so that's when you normally get into cycles where because it's it's not easy sort of psychologically to purchase because of the it could be for the complexity of what the product is, it could be the price, what you're going to find happens is you're going to have to be very, very good at influence and it can take longer to be able to get your prospect along the journey where they are at the point where they want to purchase. So having a product ecosystem or a product staircase is one of the best ways I know to bring your customer along a journey with you. And in many cases, what you want to have is you want to have uh, ladders within that staircase or steps within the staircase is probably a better analogy where the customer can engage. So the first one you want to look at is what is the thing you're going to give away for free? Yep, free. And often that is information. Often that is stuff that's massively valuable to what you're trying to provide with the main product you want to sell. But what it's really doing is helping inform, engage, potentially inspire your prospect to to buy from you in the future. So a lot of it, probably the best way of making an example of this is, in some cases, content marketing, the idea of putting out lots of white papers, how-to guides. To some extent, you know, things like podcasts, you know, where there's information being given away, there's, you know, there's no charge for the information I give to you here. Sometimes people want to work with me and work with my businesses off the back of that. But genuinely speaking, it's it's my ability to be able to provide information and help. But at the same time, it's building a relationship with everyone who's listening to this. So you've got to think of your free as as something that is genuinely trying to help your prospect. You know, there's no, no there's nothing sort of smoke and mirrors about it. It's 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 building your your brand, building your awareness, but it's done through a product. And in many cases, the great thing about some of those assets I mentioned, uh, they have a long long term value. So. One of the things I've done in my businesses is providing lots of free webinars, demonstrations, things where someone can come and engage with what I'm doing. They can ask questions. They can kick the tires on, you know, potentially the product I'm trying to sell or whoever I'm trying to help, you know, their business sell that product. They can actually see and feel and touch it. And that is taking them along longer into the journey, into that funnel that I want them to effectively go on to sell them the product that I want to sell them at some point. The first thing is free. The second thing is, is there something that you can sell that has a accessible monetary value, but at the same time is not that much that it's too much of a, of a thought for someone to say yes. So the classic example of that is if you're a technology business or you have a platform, it's, it's selling consultancy. So it might be a benchmarking study. 
It might be um, going in doing some analysis of where where your prospect is today so that you can help them with where they're trying to go. And again, if you've got a product which is very expensive, again, it could be five, six figures, it could be something more than that, then you know, being able to go in there and say, listen, for a, for a few thousand pounds or dollars, you know, I can come in here and I can help you inform your decision. I can help you get closer to it because I'm an expert in, in the area that you're trying to um, solve a problem in then that can be a fantastic lead-in to the product that you actually want to sell. So what have you done? Through your product ecosystem, you've given some value away for nothing without expectation. That's been valuable enough that someone's wanted you to come in there and pay a small amount of money to get a bit more of your time and experience. So that could be consultancy. And then effectively, you know, you could be, you could have spent enough time with that prospect and build up enough of a relationship that you're opening up the the door, if you like, for the thing that you want to sell. And, and just to be clear, I'm not talking about everything being technology products. That was just an example of, of what's happening as a trend these days. It can be any type of product at all. It could be courses. It could be training. Uh, it could be you know something that's a physical product. I've seen people who um, have fantastic uh, Amazon businesses. We had we had Kev Blackburn on recently on the on the um, on the show. And of course, he sells lots of mentorship and training around what he's doing, gives a lot of value back for free. And that's partly, of course, to support what he's doing. But there is also a commercial intent behind that as well. And it's all very open and all very clear. But what's actually happening from a psychological standpoint is that you're spending time with the prospect. And there's a thing called the eight hour rule. I think I mentioned it on the podcast I did on influencing and that simply is if you can spend eight hours with someone in whatever way that that could be. So that could be someone reading your book, it could be someone, uh, you know, watching you online, watching videos that you're doing as part of your personal branding, then they're going to start to form a relationship with you. And in a world where there's a lot of competition and lots of things going on out there, you've got to think that if someone has spent that level of time with you and your competitors aren't doing that, then surely that is going to improve your ability to be able to win the hearts and minds of your prospect and ultimately be able to have a higher chance of you know, moving into a commercial relationship. So lots of things in that, but that's the beginning of it. So that product ecosystem. So the only thing I want to kind of get across on that today is if you've just got one product and you're out there marketing that product under your business, start to have a think about how you can broaden that out. So that's the beginning of the product ecosystem or the staircase. But where it eventually goes is you want to start to think about customer lifetime value. So even though you may have a product that's the main product that you want to sell, you know, is there stuff that happens after that which continues to build and enrich the the relationship? So if I go back to my, my technology piece, one of the things that's been very, very popular in that space is you, you sell the platform, you might sell a license to that. It might be based on number of users. It might be based on number of time. It could be based on geography. But one of the really clever ways that businesses that are in that space have scaled is that they sell service. So, you know, instead of um, having an internal team, you know, managing that product, you know, you can buy a service package and that could be a monthly package. It could be all sorts of things. And that service package can have elements which are bespoke to your organization. So what's happened there? Firstly, you've got the product itself, but then you've got the layers around that. And what's happening is that individual prospect that you've brought in 
you're increasing the value of that prospect to you and your business by being able to serve them more effectively through the through the ecosystem. And the other way to do it is you make some of those those products, if you like, up the staircase much more sticky. So that you know the first thing when they're they're buying a bit of consultancy that could be just time and and you know days materials that sort of model. At the end, when you're selling a product which is a service-based product, that could be something on a 12-month or more deal. So when you're starting to grow and scale your business, you're looking at, A, the number of clients you're bringing in. You're looking at the value of the clients you're bringing in. And you're starting to look at, okay, if I'm going to really grow and scale and get to something which is you know, really exciting and, and demonstrably bigger than where I am today, depending on where you are on that entrepreneurial journey, then you've got to start building these things up almost like sort of, again, Lego bricks or building a house, that, that sort of concept. You're layering things together so that over time you're creating a much more stable foundation, a much more sustainable business, and, and a certainly a much more compelling um, commercial proposition. Okay, so a lot of things in that. As I said, the simplicity of this is really just, you know, don't go out there and think about your business as selling one thing. You've got to put your yourself in the mind of your customer, your target market, and you've got to think about the full end-to-end journey. This sometimes is called customer experience. I, yeah, it's partly that. For, for me, it's much more than that because I'm thinking about the end-to-end commercial relationship I want to have, which is going to start with me adding value, add value, add value, add value without expectation and you'll get everything you want in life. So that's one of my my big beliefs. That same belief is true in business. So if you haven't implemented or thought about some of these models to allow access for your target market to reach and connect with you prior to having a commercial relationship, then that's the one takeaway that I would, you know, literally once you want to jump off this podcast Go away and start to map out what that could look like for you. I have a few templates as well about how I've done it in previous businesses. So if you want to reach out to me and um, get access to some of those templates, just so you can visualize what I'm talking about today, then please do so. Get in touch with me, as I said beforehand, send me an email, get in touch with me, t- in touch with me on any of the um, relevant social media channels. Okay, so that's the first part. The second part I want to cover today is just a bit around a product creation formula. I'm just going to touch on this because I will do a, se- a secondary episode where I go into more detail. But first thing is when you have, when you're coming around thinking about, okay, I understand the concept of an ecosystem. I understand the concept of this staircase and the journey that I want to take my customers through. What, how do I create the products? So effectively, unless you're right at the beginning of startup, which most people listening to my episodes have already got a business. They might be quite early stage, but they have a concept and they're very clear about, you know, the problem they're trying to be solving for their, their, their clients. You have to then think about the other products that are going to fit next to the main thing that you're selling. So the first thing I think about is, and there's a sort of seven stage process here. So the first stage is decide on the best format and the best format for the new product that you create is going to have to be aligned with broadly what your business is. So I think about some of the businesses that I've been involved in, some of the learning businesses, some of the training businesses. They might have, let's, let's say mentoring is a one-to-one premium experience. That might be the main product that they want to sell. 
they might have an online masterclass or an online mastermind, for example, which is much more accessible. It's not as personal, but it's much more accessible. And they want to go down the route of creating that as part of the lead in. So you might join a masterclass first before you decide whether you want to move into something more, as I said, more bespoke and tailored for you. And you may not want to invest the, the money that, that some of the higher end um, products at that point in time um, are offered to you. So this is a way in. So the first thing is work on the format um, and, and make it something which is not as valuable, therefore less expensive to allow more people to access it. So that's the first piece. The second thing is, and this is where the marketing and branding of product creation comes in, you've got to choose a compelling name. So don't go out there with anything boring. Remember the psychology of what you're trying to do is you want to be able to sell the benefit, not so much the feature of all the products that you're trying to sell. And a lot of the businesses I've worked in and when I've, I've worked with entrepreneurs and investors, a lot of the time there's a lot of poor naming of products. So it might either you know, say what it, what it does and there's nothing wrong with that, but you've got to think of some of the adjectives around the edges of that. So for example, is it the ultimate? Is it the best? Is it elite? Is it intensive? Is it exclusive? Those sort of things, you know, the subject matter itself. And what actually is it you're selling? Is it you know, an experience? Is it a workshop, a course, for example, mentorship? So have a think about, again, what, what are, the, what are the, the sort of descriptors which are going to make someone go, yeah, that absolutely feels compelling and exciting as opposed to just what it is. The third piece is when you're pricing these things, you've got to price it along the staircase, along this, this ecosystem. So I said the beginning is free. For me personally, free. And that's what you should be doing through your brand and your content marketing. The next thing has to be accessible. So the pricing of that has to be in line with what you're creating to get to your main product. So let's say, for example, your main product is five figures, say it's $50,000 or pounds then your first entry level products should certainly be you know, under 10,000 pounds, probably ideally around the 5,000 mark. So if it's consultancy, you want to sell a 5,000 um, pound or dollar piece of consultancy with the intent of taking that client through the journey to sell something which is, let's say, 50,000 pounds or dollars. Okay, so it makes sense. And you can have other things. So it's not just the bridge between the 5,000 to the 50. You could have something in between that. And as I said beforehand, you could have something that's past the 50. The main thing you want to sell is the core product you've got and you've created, but you are going to be making multiple streams of income off the other things. So once you're clear on that, so you've got the format of what you're doing, you've got the name, you've got your idea on your pricing strategy, then you need to focus on the benefits, not the features. And this is something which polarizes some people because, oh, you know, I've always been taught it's features and benefits. Features are great, but people want the benefit. Yeah, in any context, B2B, B2C, does not matter. That's what they want. They want the benefit of what you are selling them. And there's plenty of examples of, of that. If you think, the way I get around this is you always ask why. Why is that? Why is that? Keep asking why until you get to the answer. So the example was put to me the other day. Does someone want you know, a hammer to knock in the nail? Well, immediately they may want that because the, the job at hand is to knock the nail into the wall. But what they really want to do is hang up the picture. So you want to be able to think about what that hammer is going to enable you to do, what the hammer and the nail is going to enable you to do, as opposed to, hey, I just want a hammer. So the, the feature might be the ability to hit a nail, but that's not the benefit. 
So when you're thinking about these things, you must focus on the benefits and clear benefits aligned to your proposition back to that kind of compelling narrative will start to create a, a different a position for you in the market versus competitors, undoubtedly. But more importantly, it will start to change the psychology in the mind of your prospect and increase the chances of a sale happening wherever you are within that within that ecosystem. So I'll give you another example of that. So there was a business in the UK called Innocent, and they were eventually sold to Coca-Cola, but they basically made smoothies. And they've sort of branched out into lots of different other areas around sort of food and, and um, some cases, health products. But um, the founder of that business, a guy called Richard Reed, he had a, I saw him speak and he said the one thing that was really powerful and, and got them to compete with, you know, the big drinks companies around the world and eventually obviously get sold to one of them was this idea that they, they did so many fantastic things around their messaging and their communication. He, the way he framed it is we did a hundred things that could not be copied. And if you've ever seen any of their products, particularly if you do live in the UK, they have packaging which is really quirky. And they used to do experiential marketing things where they'd turn up to music festivals. And if you like their product, they had two bins and you could throw the container once you've drunk their sort of trial smoothie, if you like, into one which says, you know, you know, would buy again, wouldn't buy again, and that sort of thing. And they just made a big lot of theatre. And that's what I mean about just doing some stuff differently. So the marketing aligned to the product is what becomes important when you're thinking about the product creation. So it's not just about the product, you're starting to think about the best way of communicating that to your audience. Okay, so that's the fourth thing, list clear benefits. Sometimes it's worthwhile putting a guarantee. So if it's and this is a hard one for some people to get, but it's it's almost like providing, you know, you back your product, you back what you're doing so strongly that, you know, you're prepared to make it risk-free. Now, this doesn't work for everything. This doesn't work for sometimes if you've got a bigger business where it's a much more involved sale and there's a higher cost to going in there and selling the proposition and, and that sort of stuff. But, you know, ultimately people want to see that you're prepared to back what you're doing. So I've had businesses that are, you know, reasonably large, actually, which I've been working with. And, you know, we might be selling efficiency. We might be saying, listen, if you work with us, we can save costs and we can reduce risk. And people go, okay, that's great. Well, if you can save me costs, why don't you share in that? It's got a gain share. Why don't you share in that? And a couple of the businesses I've worked with, I've said yes to that, which actually is, is an interesting psychology play anyway, because the person I've been selling to goes, really? And I go, yeah, yeah, because I back it so much that if you're prepared to do a gain share arrangement with me, I'm going to make a lot more money. And they look at you and then invariably they go back and say, oh, we'll just pay the price you set. <laughs> so it's quite a good negotiation technique, if anything else. But the idea of a guarantee is if you put it out there, even if people don't take it up, it's showing a level of certainty around your proposition, your product, which helps gain in the process of taking someone to the point of intent of purchase. Okay, so that's number five. Number six is, if you can, think about bonuses. Think about packaging. So not so much when I was saying before about the ecosystem where you've got the free and you've got the, the laddering up to the main product, but just think about if you can package a few of the components together. So if someone wants to buy, again, if it's a platform, you know, if they want to buy the service package, make it attractive for them to buy the, the, the two things together and if you have to discount that or make a, an incentive for someone to go ahead with it, that's absolutely fine, but then try and get a longer term deal. 
So remember what I said beforehand, when you're trying to scale and you're trying to build up your revenue and trying to build up that kind of predictability and sustainability of your business, you're, you're putting the bricks together of a house, you're putting the Lego bricks together, you're building something and it's the laddering. So the more that you can get certainty and you can, you can keep customers and build on them, drive value, drive volume of, of what you're doing, the quicker you're going to get to numbers which are going to be life-changing for you. So what you want to try and think of is, you know, it's taking me this effort to win someone, uh, to win the client. Surely now that you've got the client, you want to maximize the relationship commercially with that client. And one of the ways you can do that is by, by what I call bonuses, but in real, realistically what you're doing is you're packaging and bundling a number of your products together or your services and products together so that you can maximize the revenue from that client. And that's going to maximize the lifetime value of that client the more clients that you have that have compelling lifetime value, the bigger and more successful your business is going to be. Okay, and the last one, and this is a this is something I've used quite a lot, and it comes back to the Cialdini techniques from the pitching uh, episode I did. Is is use genuine and believable scarcity. So. The way I think about this, and this is true, you, you, depending on the type of business that you have, you're going to have scarcity of your time. You're also going to have potentially scarcity of the number of products you've got, depending on what you know, the products are that you sell. And scarcity of time is a funny one, if I go back to that, because people say, well, hold on, yeah, but you know, if I'm selling this, surely I can just make time. Well, yeah, you can, and you can scale up by bringing in more people, be that employing a team and all that. But if it's you... If, if you're, let's say your business is, you're a speaker and it's about you, it's about you being on stage, it's about you training people, whatever, whatever that, that business is, well then, you know, your, your time is an absolute premium. So how do you maximize the value of that? Well, you've got to, you've got to play the scarcity card. You've got to say that if you really want me, then that's fine. Or if you really want my product, that's fine. But there is a limited number or there's a, a window where you need to book to get access to it. So the best example I can give of this, and this is probably a very obvious example, if anyone's ever lined up out the front of an Apple store when they're about to launch a new iPhone, I, no, I've never done that, thank God, but I, you know, I love Apple products and I can see why people do it, but it does get a bit mental when you, when you see people camping overnight. That's the play on scarcity done to perfection. So firstly, Apple doesn't, you know, their products sell themselves, you know, the, the marketing and their, their brand is so strong. But people want to be the first to get it. And if you, if you have a look at some of the techniques, it's very subtle, but there's a whole heap of scarcity play in that. So think about how you can bring that into your business. And the other one that I think is really powerful when you're thinking about the ecosystem product is also think about social proof. So how are you getting testimonials, people kind of saying this is, this is really, really strong. If you can play, play that sort of social proof and the scarcity angle into your product development strategy and your go-to-market strategy and understand how it fits within the ecosystem I previously mentioned, then you're going to have you know, the, the middle part, the really crucial part of your business is going to be very, very solid. And then it's about testing the marketing and the communications out in the channels that you need to to go after to 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 win business and to win clients, then you're focused on that and you're focused on optimizing that. You're not focused on 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 the product itself. So that's really it. I want to cover today. There's quite a bit in that. It's I've I've deliberately not gone into product development and product ecosystems yet 
because I think some of the other pieces of, of scale up, particularly around marketing, will get you a result more quickly. This can take a little bit more time and certainly takes a little bit more consideration. But my advice to you, if you haven't done much in this space, is you know start now and, and don't try and be perfect. Just think about the audience and think about what's going to drive you know, that relationship to be stronger and what's going to drive intent and start to build the ecosystem around that. And definitely start to think about the journey that you want someone to go on. Because as I said, that, that first product on the staircase, the one that's not too expensive and is accessible, is going to change the relationship you have very quickly, particularly if you haven't sold anything to that prospect before. What's going to happen is once they've put a, a little bit of um, commitment via money, via purchasing something from you, that's going to change the way they think about you. Because as soon as someone has to pay for something, the meaning of it to them changes. And it doesn't matter if it's a personal relationship, if you're selling to an individual or if it's a, if it's a B2B corporate to corporate, it changes the relationship. So if you're finding at the moment that you've got something really big and complex and expensive and you're, and you're not getting as many sales as you want, adding those two or three more accessible product points within the ecosystem will make a massive difference to where you are. So there we are. So that's the first proper, I think the first proper episode I've done on product. It does align with value proposition. So if you haven't listened to my value proposition episode from a few weeks back, it's probably worth listening to that again and then listening to this and then you'll be able to build for yourself a really strong strategy around product creation for your business. Okay, so if you've got any questions, as always, reach out to me. Um, as I said, I jump on many calls with people and just try and help them out and answer some questions. So happy if you want to get in touch and um, and have a quick sort of 15, 20-minute call with me. No problem whatsoever. Um, and uh, if you're getting value, as I always say with the podcast, please subscribe, put a few reviews up. Um, I've got some really interesting ones coming through now, which is um, always inspiring and motivating for me. And I'm very, very grateful to be able to um, produce this show and help you in any way that I can. So thank you very, very much. As I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith, show up. Bye for now. 